Lord, teach us to pray. As long as we look in prayer chiefly as, as a way of maintaining our own prayer life or our own Christian life, we'll never fully know what prayer is meant to be. We need to come to regard prayer as the highest work that God has given us to do. It's the root, it's the strength of all of our other work. And when we begin to see prayer in this way, um, then, then we begin to realize there's nothing actually that we need to learn so much as to pray aright. Um, not that there's a set pattern or a group of words that we need to get right, but it's more that our understanding and our posture. Is... Um, no, you can, you can come. Yeah, Bryce, we've just got a couple of noises coming through. Thanks for sorting those out. It's not a group of words or a pattern that we need to get right, but more that our understanding and our, our posture in prayer needs to be right. And I'm convicted that it's only when we give ourselves over to the work actually of intercession, not just praying for ourselves, but learning to pray for others and the needs around us. That's when we can expect the power of Christ to really manifest itself on our behalf. I hope and pray that our time together this week is going to make um, a little bit clearer for us some of the wonderful power and place of prayer and, and the influence that Jesus wants us to take hold of and to exercise in prayer. Um, and not just Jesus wanting us to do that, but our weary world is probably waiting for this too. Reading through scripture and the promises that we find in there, there's this really clear picture that emerges where we see the Father wanting and waiting to hear every prayer of faith. And actually there are promises there which say that he will give us whatever we ask in Jesus' name, which is pretty huge. Somehow I think we've become accustomed to limiting these wonderful promises. They're enormous promises, but we, when we talk about them, we tend to cut them down in size. Um, very clear statements, but we qualify them with lots of clauses, we guard them, we explain them uh, away almost. And I think if there's one thing that we as a church would be well to take hold of, it's that God will do for his children whatever they learn to believe in and ask for when they learn to pray aright. The message I'd love for us to understand tonight is that Jesus is waiting, he's longing to teach us this for Christ to become our life, for our life to be characterized by real prayer. If you think about Jesus, what he does every day, he lives to pray. He's an ever-praying savior. He's our high priest, as the Bible calls it. He is forever interceding on our behalf. And if we would just trust him to teach us to pray, we would learn some incredible things about prayer. So tonight, we're going to take some of his words on prayer and unpack them a little bit. They're words that you would all be familiar with, the Lord's Prayer. And as we begin to understand it tonight, I hope that our fears of not being able to pray correctly, not knowing how to, to pray aright, I hope those fears will vanish. I hope Jesus begins to teach us to pray anew, that he would be the life itself the power in our prayer um, and that god will help us to understand what prayer really can become 
that it would give us a large and a strong heart um, to believe what mighty influence our prayers can have too. So we're going to dive straight into Luke chapter 11. If you have your Bible there, just open it up to Luke chapter 11. And it begins in Luke 11. It says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. You can imagine the disciples have been with Jesus. They've watched him in his public ministry. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the way he is with people, the incredible wisdom he has, the knowledge he has of things that couldn't be known any other way from a life of prayer. And they're connecting the public ministry of Jesus with the secret life of prayer that they know he has. And they've learned to believe that Jesus is a master in this art of prayer. No one can pray like him. And so they come to him with a simple request, Lord, teach us to pray. I think right there we have the starting place of learning to pray. And I hope that we just get this deep undertone in all of our prayer that we would become teachable. Teachable from a sense of ignorance, Lord, we, we want to know how to pray, but also teachable because he is the perfect teacher and we can be sure that if he teaches us we will learn to pray with power and we can depend on this if jesus himself teaches us to pray if anyone knows what prayer is it's jesus if you think about it uh, he learned a lot about praying while he was here on earth in the trials and the challenges that he faced uh, the people that he encountered um, he learned, perhaps more than anyone else, um, a life of prayer, a life of intercession. Nothing pleases him more than to find people whom he can take with him into the Father's presence. And he can begin to clothe them with power, to pray down God's blessings on those around, whom he can train to be fellow workers in the work that he's doing every day, and workers in the kind of intercession that reveals the kingdom of God right here on earth, praying down heaven onto earth. He knows how to teach. No one teaches like Jesus. And when we think about the teaching ministry of Jesus and all the things he taught his disciples, it's, it's quite amazing. He never taught his disciples how to preach. I know a lot of you probably know that he did teach them how to pray. He didn't speak so much about speaking well, but of praying well. In other words, knowing how to pray to God was more important than knowing how to speak to men. It's not power with men that we need, but power with God. That's the first thing. So Jesus wants to teach us how to pray. And in Luke chapter 11, he gives us this wonderful example something that will help us draw near to our Heavenly Father and learn to pray. We're going to cover the Lord's Prayer. It's only a few verses in the few minutes that we have. It's an amazing piece of scripture because it is so simple that a child can speak it and be blessed by it. And yet when we unfold it, it's so divinely rich that, that in this simple prayer, we can comprehend everything that God wants to give. Let's have a look at the first words, our Father. And to appreciate this correctly, we need to remember 
that prior to this point in scripture, not a single person in the entire Bible has referred to God as their father before. These two words put us immediately into the wonderful plan of salvation, this mystery that Jesus came to make his father, our father too. The whole plan of salvation is captured in these two words. Christ delivering us from the curse that condemned us, that we would not only be saved, but that we could become children, children of God. It's a profound mystery. It's the spirit of God in the new birth, bringing us to life as children of God. Our Father. These two words are the keys of the whole prayer. In fact, they're the key words to all prayer. Two simple words that we will probably take eternity to understand. The more we grasp, I'm totally convicted of this, the more we grasp the fatherliness of God, the love of the Father for us, the more it transforms us, the more it will completely transform the way we pray. His patience, his tender with us, his readiness to hear us, to help us. We can grasp the fatherly love of God our prayer life will find deep roots and, and those roots will go out, down deep into something very powerful and begin to grow. Our Father who art in heaven, when we grasp these few words, we find ourselves in the heart of prayer. It goes on to say, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. What does it mean? Well, the root word of hallowed, as you probably know, is the word holy. But before we jump into that, think about this. We ordinarily think to bring our own needs to God in prayer. That's kind of how we think of prayer. And then we start to think about what belongs to God and what he's interested in. But the master teacher here reverses the order. Look at the pattern in this prayer. If you know the prayer, it begins, thy name thy kingdom, thy will. And then in the last part of the prayer, give us, forgive us, lead us, deliver us. You see the pattern? The lesson here is, is, is more important than we think. In true worship, the Father must be first, must be everything. In true worship, we humble ourselves, we submit ourselves to him. The sooner we learn in prayer to forget ourselves in the desire that God's glory might be everything, the richer will be the blessing that prayer will bring to us. The fact is, none of us ever lose anything by humbling ourselves in worship and glorifying the Heavenly Father. And there's two sorts of prayer. There's the personal and there's intercessory. Usually intercessory prayer occupies the smaller part of our time and energy. But if we're to be powerful in prayer, we have to grow in this and make intercession our chief aim. Just like a little child might ask their dad for the things that they need for themselves, the things they want for themselves. As they grow up, they learn to ask also for some for the little sister or the little brother as well. But as they grow up and they mature and they become adults, they learn to ask for things that will take care of the family business, the father's business. We ask larger, we get all that is asked because we are thinking of the father's business. 
And the lesson here is that Jesus wants us to learn to make less of our interests, more of his. In the same breath as we say, thy kingdom, we have the words, thy will, thy name, hallowed be thy name. What name is it talking about? What's the name? Our Father. The new name of Father. If you think about it, the word holy is the central word of the whole Old Testament. The name Father is the central word of the New Testament. So in this name, our Father, it's a name of love. All the holiness and glory of God is revealed in him as our Father. And our prayer begins asking God to reveal his holiness, his power, his glory of his name. And as we acknowledge him as our father, we are claiming his spirit. Think about this. His holy, his hallowed spirit. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. When we pray this way, God is teaching us to claim the Holy Spirit, to lead our lives, to lead our prayers. Holy be your name. Holy be your spirit. Work in me. Work through my prayers. I know our time's almost gone. I'm going to just cover one more piece of this and then we're going to leave the rest of the Lord's Prayer to our next gathering. But tonight's focus begins. Lord, teach us to pray. And this model prayer begins with a focus on him. So I'm going to finish the focus on him. And then tomorrow we're going to start looking at the rest of the prayer, the focus that, that comes down to our daily needs. Well, the second part of this says, your kingdom come. Let me just put this picture here on the screen. Your kingdom come. The father is a king. He has a kingdom. The son is an heir of the king. He has no higher ambition than to bring glory to his father's kingdom. Children of the father, we're in enemy territory here. Where this kingdom of God, which is in heaven, is not yet fully manifested here. A day will come, but not yet. And it's the most natural thing that we learn to hallow the Father's name. And as we do that, we also learn to long for, to cry with a deep passion, your kingdom come here. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you think about what you're really asking here, Lord, I surrender my will. I'm asking for your will to be done. I want to obey. I'm confessing my willfulness within me. And I'm inviting your kingdom to spread, your will to spread, your kingness, you, you to be king over more and more that is around me, my relationships, my circumstances, my everything. Let me ask you, do you want this? Is it something you could pray for? To pray these words of surrender, to actually ask God to help us be obedient. This is, this is childlike prayer. And wherever faith accepts the Father's love, okay, if you understand the Father's love, then you will desire alignment with him. You'll want to be obedient to his will. So when we pray, our Father, which art in heaven, Holy be your name. Holy be your spirit. Come into my life. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We are asking him. 
to help us be obedient and aligned with his will. And there you have the power of prayer. When we are aligned with his will, we understand him as a father and he fills us with his spirit. Now we're ready to pray for our day.